0: Welcome to a special release of the Reality Escape Pod. Today, PG and I are joined by Brendan Lutz, CTO for Room Escape Artist and the Head of Technology for Recon. And the three of us are going to be discussing Recon Remote 2023, the virtual event that we finished last week.
1: You forgot his best title, which is The Hand of Recon
0: that is true (laughs) yeah we've really got to work on shortening these titles down to maybe just a few letters at this point (laughs) that's why we got cto yeah (laughs) for those unfamiliar brendan has been doing all of our tech builds for years really since 2019 and around 2019 we had played a game with a reporter for vox named rachel sugar who was doing a piece on escape rooms and she brought a photographer with her to shoot us playing this game for the piece. And the photographer took this incredible photo of Brendan's hand manipulating a prop in an escape room. And that became his profile picture. So thus the hand of recon that plus he also built everything for 2020, 2021 and 2023 from a tech standpoint.
2: Yeah, and that has been my avatar now for years in in the Recon Discord. And I actually, when I came on camera in one of the bars, people were actually surprised what I looked like and only recognized me by my hand. So that's a thing.
1: (laughs) I love the story behind the avatars. I also only just recently realized that Lisa's avatar in the Discord is the Recon logo plus a pink bow tie. And that's why she wears the bows In all of like her official, I don't know, ending talks.
0: Yeah. And that is a story that dates back to the old escape room slack that Errol had created back in the day. When Lisa joined, we both ended up with Rhea logo avatars in there. And Teresa Piazza also works on a lot of room escape artist stuff. She's going to be doing more with the podcast soon. She decided that we needed to differentiate our avatars and put a little pink bow onto Lisa's. And then I felt a little left out. And so she gave me a little gold bow tie.
1: (laughs) Because originally, I think you guys shared one account as married couples do. This is such a foreign concept to me. But I guess if you're married, this is a very typical thing.
0: (laughs) That was a thing. That, that, That definitely was a thing. Anyway, we should talk about Recon Remote 23, because that's what's in the title.
1: Woohoo! I'm so excited to revisit again, because every day I go to the Discord, and I open it up, and I'm like, is there more chat? Is there anything going on?
0: <laughs> it's the midnight carnival thing, where clock strikes midnight, and all of a sudden, everything goes away.
1: That's a good way of putting it. But this year was great. I thought everything went... So smoothly. I think you guys finally found the perfect mix of talks and discussion groups and gaming, and the pacing of it was just really good. Like, I felt like every second of my day was filled with an activity, but I didn't feel frantic and overwhelmed like I did in the past when there was almost too much going on.
0: That is certainly what we were going for. In 2021, we accidentally threw the entire kitchen, not just the whole sink, at recon and it ballooned into way too much and that was born out of 2020 was done very quickly and at the end of it we were all super energized and we said look at what we did in four months imagine what we could do with a whole year and the answer was with a whole year we could just wreck ourselves (laughs) Yeah, we needed more supervision.
1: Yeah. And for those of you who did not attend Recon 21, there was just there were so many games. I think you guys had like at least 10 different games going on and they were going on during the talks. And so people ended up having to make a choice of do I play the game? Or do I attend the talks? And I like that this year you basically took that decision away from us. And (laughs) I really liked how linear everything is. I like linear escape rooms. I don't want to feel like FOMO. I don't want to feel like I missed out on that puzzle in the other room while I was out here doing this thing. So I like when I'm guided along a very well designed path.
2: Yeah, that was definitely by design. So Recon has three core tenants, right? We have knowledge, connection, and immersion. In 21, we incidentally added a fourth tenant there without really having any thought behind it, which was entertainment. We really went on the entertaining side. And part of that was because of the success of 20. And then part of that was also the state of the world in 21, right? We really felt like there was a lot going on. We needed to bring some extra smiles and fun to people's lives. And we had the mechanism to do that. But what we didn't realize, in my opinion, is that entertainment value, all the games, everything else took focus away from our core set and took away from that knowledge connection and immersion aspect in a way that was good then, but also wouldn't scale in the future. So this year was very much, in my opinion, returning back to our roots, returning back to what we did so well in 20, and then streamlining that a bit and really making it the best it possibly could be
0: yeah we always wanted to use games as a fundamental part of recon but more to illustrate and show people here's an interesting thing you can do with gameplay let's do something a little bit weird and a little bit experimental and give people a taste of a different way of approaching this stuff rather than just giving them a whole funhouse
1: yeah and i like that The game was not even running during the convention. So that way, the person running it, Mark Larson, who designed the game and ran all of them, could participate. And everybody who wanted to play the game could also participate in the convention. And having them played beforehand, I think, was good because it got you a little bit hyped for it. And it gave people a little bit of, I don't know, like inside jokes stemming from the game, which I thought was really fun. And then you guys also created a whole other line of merch stemming from the game, which I thought was also a pretty smart move.
0: Thanks. Yeah. So, a bunch of things there. All of that was very intentional. Teresa Wagner and I were running the games portion with Mark. We had helped create the game, and we were administratively responsible for it. Mark had worked with us in 2021 as well. We commissioned Trapped Puzzle Rooms, which he worked for at the time, to produce the game escape from escape island which they made completely on their own we didn't have anything to do with it other than testing it at the end before launch and saying wow this is great mark no longer working for trapped we decided to scoop him up and work with him directly and that meant that we needed to provide him with a lot more infrastructure and a lot more support and a lot more collaboration and in doing so we also realized that he had been this integral part to recon 2021 but he had never been to the event and that seemed messed up so we wanted to make sure that he had room to be a part of it and to see the effects that his game and this event was having on the community rather than being stuck running things and just hearing about it secondhand
1: yeah that was fun do you guys want to talk a little bit about the programming aspect was there a theme to the talks this year
0: It's funny. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that this year had arguably our strongest set of talks as a whole collection. And there was a theme running through it. And that theme was evolution. It turns out that we never really communicated that especially clearly and when I say we in the programming team we didn't tell everyone on the recon team (laughs) so there was a very funny moment when James Cobalt gave us some of the art for the homepage and the banner animation on the discord and also that epic Michael Bay like intro to each talk I think Brendan I think you were the one who turned them in you're like is, what's with all the DNA? Is, is, is there a theme this year? <laughs>
2: yep. Yep. That's exactly Th- what happened.
1: <laughs> this was news to me. <laughs> I was chatting with James Cobalt. He was like, by the way, did you guys know there's a theme? And he was like, it's evolution. That's why there's a DNA a double helix on all of the graphics. And I was like, oh.
2: <laughs> at the time, David looked at me and gave me that judging glare. Yeah, evolution. And I saw it click in his head. He's like, oh, wait, I didn't tell you that.
0: (laughs) The crazy thing is that we have talked about this with all of the speakers so much that it was something that I had assumed we had communicated at some point. And I'll say this year, we did not have a lot of miscommunications. And in the grand scheme of things, this was not the worst one because the people who needed to know knew. The whole concept was that all of the talks were meant to be about leveling up something about the business or about being a player or about being in the community with the sole exception of the athens talk we have liked using recon remote in particular as a place to shine a spotlight on a unique escape room community that maybe not everyone has seen or would understand we did it with china in 2021 And we definitely did it with Athens. And to a lesser degree, we gave people a view into the Israeli scene through Guy and Lee as well, which was real fun because, as listeners of this podcast know, they have culinary games, which is a very Israeli thing.
1: I think it's mostly because the term evolution wasn't really in the name of the talks or like in an introduction. So that's probably why. But even though it wasn't explicitly said, That was still the vibe that I got, just not, it just wasn't like explicitly in in my head.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely got the note for sure. And there is a theme for 2024. I'm not ready to announce it, but that announcement will come. And I promise you, we will be much more explicit about it. But there has also been a theme for every single recon. So just assume there's a theme.
1: (laughs) That's the game, is to figure it out afterwards.
0: (laughs) Is this the ARG?
1: (laughs) The talks were all really interesting, even the financial talk.
0: What do you mean even the financial talk, especially the financial talk?
1: (laughs) You guys managed to make a talk about numbers and spreadsheets actually interesting. And I really liked the format of that too, because I appreciated that Gary and Dino came on and told a really vulnerable story that I think a lot of people would not have shared. And the thing is, the way they told it, it's it could happen to anybody. And I especially appreciated that you showed the two points of views because they're very different and it really helped to understand how could this happen.
0: Gary and Dino were so incredible to work with because they were so open to direction, and also they worked very hard on that talk. They worked so hard that we had recorded it, we had a good recording, and they looked at it and they didn't love it. And they said, we're gonna go back to the studio, and they got themselves studio space in Cape Town and shot in a professional studio twice because they wanted to do it better. And they brought a level of humility, heart, Honesty and simplicity to the topic. That's what we were looking for. Lee Fay and I have been running programming on this event now for four years. And we have always been looking for someone to give that talk. But the talk could not be someone who had an MBA, which Gary has, but it can't be someone with an MBA. Getting up in front of a microphone and saying, I'm a very important businessman with very important business things to say. And you are going to sit down and listen. And here are all of the different financial (laughs) systems and all of their infinite complexity that a proper business needs.
1: Uh, My eyes are already glazing over the minute he launched into that description.
0: (laughs) But that's the thing is, if anybody in the community wants to go and get an MBA or even take some business courses, You can go to a community college. You can go get an MBA. The options and the resources are out there. But we're always trying to find something that strikes that balance of being entertaining and informational and persuasive and having that heart. And that's what we need. So if anybody is thinking about approaching us with a suggestion for a recon talk, those are the things that we're looking for. And we are open to people suggesting talks. We're probably going to put a form up onto the website it needs an angle and we need to know why a specific person is the right person for that talk. And for me, it clicked when we were interviewing Dino on the podcast. And I just was like, wow, this guy is bringing a level of honesty and humility to a topic that is really about him admitting to the mistakes that were made in the business, which is a hard thing to do.
1: And the charisma, <laughs> Dino got plus 10 to a charisma, <laughs> He really does.
0: (laughs) Brendan, you're the only one here who's met him in person.
2: That's true. I was very fortunate during, actually, when Recon 22 was happening, instead of being in Boston, I was in Cape Town hanging out with Dino, very coincidentally.
0: Which was also the very week that his winning episode of Survivor South Africa aired.
2: Yeah, and he obviously knew it at that point, but it hadn't aired yet when we were hanging out, and he was being very coy About every reference to it. And at one point, I just said congratulations to him about Survivor. And he knowing now that he won, I could see where he almost let the cat out of the bag unintentionally there. And then realized I was just saying, Oh, good job on being on the show. That was it. So it was a fun
1: little pullback. David knew before the finale even aired, David would want to talk about Survivor South Africa all the time. And he was like, I think Dino's going to win. hes I'm pretty sure he's going to win.
0: <laughs> With five episodes left, it seemed like his path to the end and path to victory was super clear.
1: Yeah. So I think the talk that I got the most out of was the social media talk, just because that applies to just about any industry. And it's something I think everybody is desperate for advice on. I watched the talk before the day of recon just because I watched all the talks. And I think I went and posted something immediately after watching that talk because it shames you into doing it, which is good. I think more people need accountability for doing these things. And you have to realize I think having a good social media account is almost as crucial for your business these days as having a basic website. Somebody said something to me the other day about TikTok that really changed the way I looked at it, which is that this generation, the young, the younger generation, I sound like such a grandma, the young generation, like Gen Zers, use TikTok the way we use Google, right? When they want to look up how to do something, they want to look up information about something, they all go straight to TikTok for information. And looking at it through that lens made it feel easier for me because now I realize social media isn't about showing off about yourself or your business. But if you look at it as like educating, I think it makes it a lot easier to produce content.
0: So Brendan and I were there when this recorded and I had been working with Brittany and Anna for a while on this talk, but it all came together when they recorded and they were amazing together, which was incredible because they had not met each other before we paired them up and said, hi, unless you two significantly object, we are asking you to both do a thing together. And by the way, Anna, this is Brittany, this is Anna. We think you're going to get along real well. They got on very well. That talk came together while they were recording. All of the talks that we have made at Recon over the last four years, I've always learned something from the speakers but this was the talk where i just felt like i'm old (laughs) i was like i just learned so much and now i have to figure out how to make it actionable and this is not a part of the internet that like sings to my soul so i know i have to figure it out and i think once i start to figure it out it will it will resonate with me more and i will be able to to find the joy that i like to find in content creation but I'm not there yet and I know I need to work on it. So the thing I'll add about this talk also is I think
2: this came out during the Q and a and not during the main talk, but in discord, we actually added a sharing social channel, Specifically, for people at the event and in the community to start socializing their social handles and actually becoming a support group to help everyone through upping their game. Calling that out now, not only because that was pretty successful at the moment, but that channel is still going to continue to exist and perpetuate forward. And I would encourage anyone who's listening to this and when they watch the talk, and this makes even more sense to them when the recordings are released here in a few more weeks later this fall to actually go in that channel and do this and call it out and ask for help and do all these things that we did during the live event.
0: While we're on the topic of the live event and re-releasing the recordings, this is a question we've gotten from a number of people, particularly people who missed portions of the event, and that is, why can't I have the recordings right now? And the reason for that is that Recon is very much built around being a communal experience. And the only way that we can make it a communal experience is to encourage everyone to experience all of it at the exact same time together. And in order to do that, we cannot just release all of it immediately. If you want to have that content, we will make it available to you. It's going to take a little bit. There's also some technical reasons we have to do things like adding in the intro. All of this stuff was being done live by Brendan, who was swapping in all sorts of files and doing all sorts of magic on the stream. Nice job, by the way, buddy. Thank you. But yeah, that is the reason that we have structured the event the way that we have, is that it's something that I've hated about other virtual events, is that it just feels like it's a mess of YouTube videos. And at the end of it, I'm just like, Why am I watching this live when I could just go and put it on 2x speed on my own?
2: Yeah, and I'll add just one other piece there, which is that we are making sure to release these videos and we have the basic tier that gives you access to the content live anyway at the time of the event and afterwards, because we do believe this content is so valuable in itself and really does further the entire industry. But the real power of recon itself is being there to engage with it with everyone else at the same time. Agreed.
1: That makes sense to me. It's just like when people visit from out of town, you always go see them. You have dinner with them. But if your parents live down the street, you're lucky if you see them like twice a year because you're in your head, you're like, oh, I can just go anytime. And then you end up never going.
0: <laughs> so Guy and Lee showed up with a talk about escape rooms, but it was really about musicals, but it was really about escape rooms.
1: (laughs) I thought this was clever because at first when I saw there was a talk on game design and then a talk on puzzle design, and I was like, oh, isn't that the same thing? But after watching the two talks, you realize one is more like holistic. It's about integrating everything all together and not just the puzzles. I think one of my favorite takeaways was about changing up the inputs, which you know, I didn't think about it that much before, but some of the most delight that I've had in escape rooms, the puzzles was it, maybe it's a logic puzzle, same structure. But the way you input the answers or the way you discovered them was something really different or original, or maybe it was just scale. Maybe it was giant instead of tiny. And I i thought that was a really great point.
0: The other thing for me that stood out about that talk It was evident the second that they started recording. The two of them had worked very hard at their cadence and bringing the right energy. And together, they were just a delight. And that was, to be honest with you, unexpected from all of the prep that we were doing. We were talking about the points, but we were not refining their delivery. We tend to do that while we're recording. We do give direction. We do have them reshoot different scenes in all of this stuff but they immediately came out of the gates just like a ray of sunshine
1: the wholesome content we all need in our lives
2: the actual banter that they had back and forth with each other in the moment was so real and so authentic that's hard to come by with any duo doing a recording and it was spectacular I will call out a little bit of Inside Baseball here on our talk naming is that I was not so quietly cursing to Lisa the day of the event as I was trying to stream all these things together as the title of one talk has the words puzzle designer in it that is not about puzzle design. And then there's another talk that is about puzzle design literally right after it. I'm going to talk to our programming team about that in the future and see what we can do.
0: And then we had Errol. Errol basically wrote, edited, and delivered a talk and sent it to us fully finished. I gave him a couple of notes, but mostly he just did that entire thing himself. And he gave a lot of hard messages incredibly well. I feel like, and I've said this to him, if I were to deliver the same talk, I would sound like the biggest jerk, but he manages to pull it off
1: looking like you're 12 years old (laughs) will help you do that
0: (laughs) he's not 12
2: (laughs) he did thoroughly confuse me though as to whether or not he actually has kids oh he has kids (laughs) he convinced me both ways during that talk whether he did or did not (laughs) i think they're both in college (laughs) correct me if i'm wrong david but um When he first sent you the cut of the talk, he put this in there that he covered a point before. I think he accidentally covered that again and then reshot part of that. Am I correct about it?
0: Yeah, he reshot some of it because a section of his talk was the exact same, basically with slightly different phrasing as something from his previous year's talk, which is really more evidence that he is not young.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's got a very good grasp of memes, which I was very impressed with the meme usage.
0: <laughs> the meme game is strong with Errol. The biggest critique I heard from the community was the lack of egg content. <laughs> he established a great love of eggs in his previous talk.
1: Well, it was excellent regardless.
0: Agreed. And then we had Anne and Chris Lukeman who made the most beautiful talk of the event. They're actually filmmakers. We talked about this when we had them on Repod back in season one.
1: Oh, my God. Their video was incredible. Like, not only the equipment, but the focusing and even the lighting. It's so subtle, but I don't know if I'm like now trained myself to look at these things, but I was like, the lighting was perfect. It was dramatic, but it wasn't harsh. It looked so good.
0: Yep. The talk was gorgeous. The message and the way that they covered adaptive difficulty and adaptive gameplay was phenomenal. I just love what they pulled off. And I think that they really helped to recontextualize the concept for a lot of folks. And share a lot of different ideas and experiments that they have done and that other companies have done. But I don't think that anyone has ever pulled all of these options together in one place quite so beautifully.
1: What did they call it? They said instead of thinking of it as adaptive difficulty, think of it as adaptive gameplay. Yes. I thought that was a great point.
0: It was a great point. And if we had thought about it beforehand, we probably would have changed it. But the name was out And they really had to work hard to get this thing out because they produced a giant event for Gen Con, like three weeks before Recon. And so they were stuck building props for months and building out this whole brand new experience called Critical Putt, which was blending like escape room, mini golf and D&D. It's a whole big thing. And then she... Did me a huge favor because when we went to go and upload the social media talk to YouTube, we got a couple of the songs in some of their TikTok videos flagged by Content ID on YouTube, which handles music very differently than Instagram and TikTok do. And so she helped me do a music-ectomy kind of in the last minute. Because editor Steve was off in the middle of the North Atlantic on a cruise ship, taking pictures of people. And then we finally had me and Lisa.
1: That was a great talk. Thank you. It went in a different direction than I thought it was going to based on the title. Again, I think I thought it was more going to be about interactions between players and the owners and game designers. And I don't think that's really what the talk was about
0: what we tried to do with the talk was look at a number of different relationships that exist in our community. And we didn't call it out as explicitly, but we looked at the way that owners interact with each other. We looked at the way that players and owners interact with each other. And we looked at the way that players interact with each other. And we tried to give some actionable ways that we could improve ourselves and the relationships that we have. And there were a thousand ways to write that talk that were super condescending. And finding the right balance that brought the kind of heart and care that we have for the community and both of these different groups of people, that was the struggle. That was the biggest struggle for me. This was by far the hardest talk to write that I have ever done. At least for me, it's the one that I'm most happy with how it came out. It felt like an evolution for me and Lisa as speakers because we've always had a little bit of a structure to the way we talk. We have these very clean spots that are like David tells a thing. Lisa tells a thing. David tells a thing. And the the lines between those sections were very clear. Each person had stuff that they owned. And this one was much more fluid. And making that happen was hard. It was really hard. And I think it landed the way that we wanted it to, which is, that's really all we wanted.
1: This is definitely one of those videos that, yes, You had to watch this live because the community chat was. And fuego. It was so funny. And the chat that was going on while everybody is collectively watching your talks together made the whole experience so much better. So like if you were there and you were in the chats, you'll understand hopefully why they are so insistent on everybody watching these videos collectively as a group. Because I think my highlight of the convention was hearing everybody proclaim that they could probably sculpt David Spira. And if you were there, than you know what I was talking about. (laughs) And the whole veering off discourse and immersive Van Gogh experiences. And it was just, it was so funny. And it was like, the talk was great, but also the chatter and the discussion that comes up, those are like my favorite moments from Recon.
0: I agree with you. A couple of behind the scenes on the talk that we gave that I I think people will appreciate. One is the whole Yelp and Google reviews thing. For a few weeks leading up to that, I just started and Lisa started doing the same thing, dropping these really loving reviews on escape room companies that we adored. And we started getting these really nice messages from people. They were just really surprised. They were like, I don't know what's going on but they were really appreciative, that was also really helpful. Hearing the effect that it was having, I was like, okay, this is the right message. This is this is the thing. I'm so glad that we had done that. Now that we're almost done recovering and wrapping up 23, I want to get back to doing that, leaving more reviews on Yelp and Google reviews for companies that I love. And I strongly encourage everyone to do this in addition to Morty and wherever else you like to th- th- use that's Actually, useful to you?
1: Yeah. So, this was one of the points of David's talk. If you missed it or if you weren't there, it was just about one of the ways to support the owners is by leaving reviews everywhere. And I can tell you that having a podcast where we also really rely on reviews to help get us listens, we love getting reviews from our listeners. This is nourishment for the soul and it's really motivation to help keep you creating contents. Creating itself is a joy and knowing people enjoy it though is something next level. And hearing like a wonderful review goes so far in inspiring you and it's easy. It doesn't cost you any money. And I'll tell you guys that every time there's a review left for us on Apple Podcasts, David will screenshot it and send it to the whole group, and we all ooh and ah over it. So, it really makes our day.
0: Yeah. This is a thing that I really think gets lost, is that when you leave these reviews for people and their work, it has a couple of different effects. One is that it's a tangible business asset for them. They have this thing on the internet. It's social proof. It's telling people, go here. This is really good. But also, as a creator who is constantly hearing or seeing the things that aren't exactly the things you love in your own work when people acknowledge what they do love about your work it is so helpful it is a reminder of what you were striving for and that you're achieving some amount of what you are striving for because it is resonating with people and just hearing that means more than I think you will ever realize and also it means a lot more frequently than the criticism will because everybody hyper fixates on the criticism, but just getting a compliment in a vacuum feels real good. The other little behind the scenes thing very quickly is that Lisa and I didn't want to manipulate the camera when we were shooting. <laughs> and so we instead stuff three pillows underneath Lisa so that she gets up to approximately my height. And so as we were recording, there was this constant like choreography of me getting up and then Lisa coming in with her giant stack of pillows and sitting down on them. And then we would swap spots and we shot that talk with very few cuts. Basically just when we got up and that last 12 minute rant of mine, completely uncut. It was just one take. I was on fire and we're just like, that's it, we're done. I have never been that on fire delivering a talk, especially to a camera, in my life. It felt amazing.
2: Yeah, David asked after that shot, how was it? I'm like,
0: no notes, we're good. <laughs> I never hear no notes. I never hear no notes.
1: <laughs> you guys had great energy.
0: I'll give one other little anecdote about
2: that talk, which I find interesting, and I'm sure others will, is that David writes his talks or at least outlines them months in advance and works to figure out all the nuances all along the way. This talk, I know that he had outlined for a long time ahead, but As he saw the other talks coming in and the recordings, a lot of the things that he actually wanted to cover were already being covered by other folks. So he had to almost rewrite the entire talk in the span of only a few days, I believe. And he basically went into his cave and emerged with this masterpiece and proclaimed it to be the best thing he's ever written. And (laughs) damn it, I think he was right. And it really performed.
0: I'm also the best at humility. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it was pretty good because I'll tell you guys, David had been telling me for weeks that this was the best talk he'd ever written. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad to see that it lived up to the hype.
0: <laughs> I never hype up my talks. This is the first time where I was just like, I I did this. I, I did the thing. I'm always proud of the talk that we make and that we deliver. And I, I love each talk that we have put out. But this was the first time where I really felt like I had... Truly gotten where I wanted it to be. And it was so hard to do, which made it feel that much more rewarding.
2: Yeah. And I attribute that to all of the other speakers really stepping up and getting so many other messages out there that you were unchained in a lot of ways to actually go out there and speak from the heart on a number of different points.
0: I think you're right. I also think credit to all of the speakers. I would say the last two years in particular, we've always had really good speakers at Recon. The talks have always been good, but there has been, I would say, there has always been a little bit more fluctuation in the level of quality. This last two sets that we have had, we've been getting really close to this like very tight band of quality that I think is really high, and that's what we're going for. And Li Fei and I have been learning so much about how to direct people and the more successes that we're having, the more trust the speakers are putting in us, and the more confident we are in giving them advice. And we're in this kind of virtuous cycle right now as talk producers that feels really strong. And I'm spending a lot of time learning how directors work and how to do script editing. And I'm, I'm really trying to refine a few different skill sets to be a better support person.
1: I wanted to talk about a couple other aspects of recon, one of which was the uh, exhibition hall. I thought you guys had great sponsors this year. I truly love learning about all the different products. David knows one of my favorite parts of cons is actually like the shopping aspect. And I love infomercials. I love learning about cool innovation and cool products. Even if I'm not an owner, I just love the behind the scenes. Like how do these things work? And I also want to give a shout out to like the videos. I was shocked to see people chatting about how amazing the cogs video was or like dark parks trailer and people were talking about that and there was real like excitement and buzz around these videos and i I thought that was just so cool
0: shout out to all of our sponsors spooky mirror morty think fun cogs rozova dark park arcade arena reality escape pod buzz shot terpica Zolitopia, One Mystery Club, Jake Zufelt Consulting, and Infinite Rabbit Holes. All of them were phenomenal sponsors. They were super engaged. They were wonderful to work with. We gave them a crash course on how to engage in a virtual con, and they really took the advice to heart. In fact, one of the biggest pieces of feedback that we had gotten from them was they loved the crash course, and they wished they had gotten it earlier so they could have prepared more. And that note is very much heard. In the past, we've had a lot of variability in the way that the sponsors approach the con. And this year they went in wholeheartedly and we added this video component, this ad component, and we were nervous about it. We were worried that we were going to get some mediocre ads and all of them were so good. We were worried that this was going to be like a thing that people were like, oh, no, another ad. But people were getting really hyped for the ads. And so that was a incredible surprise.
1: It's true. David did tell me he was worried. And then he got the videos and he was like, these are incredible. (laughs) I love the demo stage aspect. I loved how every sponsor had their own little channel. And there was a lot of people visited chatting. And I thought it was cool because I'd see a lot of people coming in that were already like customers or clients. And they were like, I just came in to say, I love this. I love your product. Good work. And I think that's really useful for other attendees also to see other attendees endorsing that product as well.
0: No, the the sponsors were great. And Brendan, you did a beautiful job on constructing that virtual venue for them.
2: Oh, thank you. And I'll make one little other call out here that people won't know is we sent out this pre-check-in survey ahead of the event. And one of the surprises that came back from so many of our uh, attendees was that they were actively looking forward to the booths and the exhibit hall and the demos. This was not just a little aside. This was one of the top two things that they wanted to really do for a large portion of them. So I think that really calls out to the desire to see more and not just be engaging on the talks by themselves. So
0: Also, the open rate on the sponsor email that we sent out a few days before the event was staggeringly high. You always worry that a sponsor email isn't going to have a high open rate. But that was not the case. Lisa was following those stats immediately and she was just like, wow, this is blowing away all expectations.
1: I mean, shopping is fun. (laughs) What can I say?
0: (laughs) But yeah, we had killer sponsors. We cannot wait to bring them all back.
1: And speaking of sponsors, Morty, who has been one of our greatest supporters and sponsors, not only Repod, but Recon as well, was running a weird escape room contest. And we are going to announce the winners here on this podcast.
0: So the story here is that the folks who we select are going to win a Morty hat or T-shirt. And this is for submitting the weirdest experiences that they could find in morty it is going to be interesting pg you have gone through and reviewed all of these things we all took a look at them and each one of us is picking a favorite those will be our three winners and we're going to tell you a little bit about them right now (laughs)
1: I think the number one contender that we're all going to say is zombie prairie dogs from Black Hills escape rooms in South Dakota. And then the person who submitted this said that South Dakota was a veritable goldmine of weird escape room themes. (laughs) And the description for this says... You are wandering around visiting a prairie dog colony in the northern reaches of the Black Hills around the wide open spaces of Elzada, Montana, when your friend yells, Ouch! This here dang prairie dog, it bit me! This was submitted by Mystery Menace.
0: Brendan, do you have a favorite?
2: I, I think... My favorite here is the freezer from RSQ game in Israel, which is the game takes place inside an industrial freezer. You have to wear a storm suit to enter. Oh, my.
0: You know who is not playing that game?
1: Lisa Spira, the ice queen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she hates the cold.
1: I knew you were going to say that.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, she would not be down for that at all.
1: I like the idea of that because I like any game that puts you in costume. And I think when you play with things like temperature or whatever, it really makes it um, more immersive. And that was submitted by Yan.
0: I agree with this as well. So it's up to me to pick the final winner. I have to admit, you both have chosen my two clear top winners here. I think I have to go with the scuba diving escape room. I know that I've heard about this concept before as a, at this point, probably retired diver, but I have logged a lot of hours. I probably would come out of retirement for the right dive escape room, as long as it wasn't at a crazy depth. And uh, I'm certainly interested in the concept
2: I would agree with you, except being in the UK does not sound like the most appealing locale for this one.
0: I agree with you, but I actually think that makes it weirder. Kind of hits the criteria here. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Like, I don't really, like, I want to do a dive escape room in warm water. I don't want to do it in cold water. I don't want to do it in a freezer. But (laughs) it's so strange to do that. Maybe it's in a pool or something.
1: I'm intrigued by these like hybrid formats. I feel like that was one of the themes that I saw people getting really excited about in recon during the discussions was, again, with the evolution of escape rooms, like where else can we take this format, right? People were talking about like open world, about mixing it with scuba diving. What if you mixed it with, I don't know, rock climbing and you got to climb, you know, and and now everything's taking place on this like vertical plane instead. And people were throwing out a lot of different ideas of Where else can you take escape rooms? And it was really fun to play Let's Imagine for a second.
0: I mean, this is one of our goals for Recon. We want people to open up their imaginations and think about what is possible. Get weird.
1: So congratulations to our winners and Morty will hit you up.
0: Another thing we want to call out is the pro day which was the first day of the event. It was all facilitated and a lot of very open discussions. This was by far the scariest point for me and I think a number of people on the team at Recon because it was the piece that we had the least control over, but we knew that we have a wonderful audience. And so we kind of put ourselves in their hands and tried to provide the right tools through Discord and through training facilitators to take this where it needed to go. And I felt to me from the conversations I was in and the stuff I heard about it sounded like people really delivered. Everyone really came together around these things.
1: Yeah. One of the facilitators that I talked to told me that their highlight from Recon was having an owner pull out their notebook and Literally flipping through pages and pages of notes that they had taken through the discussions, through the talk. And they told me it was really gratifying to see how much information these owners were getting out of Recon and how excited they were to go home and put a lot of these things into play.
0: There was one session that I added to the schedule in the last minute called Business Assets, which was a mediocre name. But we had good turnout to it, and it was inspired by the Cool Tools podcast that Kevin Kelly, the original founder of Wired Magazine, hosts that I got to go on a few months back. And the show is basically just about people sharing the tools that they use to make their work better or their hobby better. And that was what we did. We had a conversation. We started off with people talking about what is something that they're struggling with that they would like more tools or would like help with, and everyone in the room took a stab at suggesting one. I was frantically facilitating and logging all of this at the same time. And then we opened up the discussion where we started asking people if they had tools or things that they're using that fix some of the problems that people were calling out. We had a wonderful conversation. And then I also revealed to everyone that this whole session was a giant hack on my part where I used it to get the recon audience to tell me what they're struggling with and what are some things that they are looking to improve upon. And so now I have this big list that we can use to fuel Room Escape artist content and recon content. And I very much intend to use it.
1: Anything jump out at you?
0: The thing that jumped out to me the most was the diversity of problems. That was the thing that I was a little bit nervous about going in. I was worried that everyone was going to have the same few problems and that everyone would, you know, put their hands in their pockets and look at the floor and say, Well, I guess we all have the same problems. I don't know how to help you because I didn't know how to help me. But it turned out that a lot of people had really different struggles, which. I think is really indicative of where escape rooms have been at from day one which is that people have so many different skill sets and they show up with so many different areas of expertise so that the gaps are really different from business to business it meant that people were able to give a lot of really good advice to one another and it made for a much stronger session than i could have imagined One of the other things that was a really big struggle for the recon team this year, Brendan can certainly attest to this, a large amount of our ticket buyers came in in the last week, which meant that we hadn't trained enough facilitators, which meant that we had to do a lot more training really quickly and recruit a whole bunch more people. We did sell out. We sold out of pro and champion tickets legitimately. We hit the cap of what we felt we could comfortably and realistically support well, which we have a rule on the team. We don't exceed the number of people that we can support. Well, we don't do it on the tours. We don't do it at virtual recon and we don't do it in-person recon. So when the tickets sell out, they are gone. But I will say a huge thank you to everyone who bought a ticket But an especially big thank you to everyone who bought early. Buying early helps our small team be able to predict what we need. And that is so helpful. I'm not telling you you have to do it, but I am. For those of you who are listening, who are wondering, who are thinking about your relationship with Recon in the future, please buy early if you can. We do run out of tickets. We had people who wanted them and couldn't get them, but also it helps us so much to be able to predict more accurately who's coming and what we need to support them because we really do work around that.
1: Do you think it'll help to do a different pricing structure like, you know, early bird pricing?
0: Oh, early bird and late bird pricing are coming. We may be working on those names. I know. I kind (laughs) of like them, but... Those are going to be a thing. We're going to be trying to incentivize earlier ticket purchasing. And because we really do need that, it helps us so much. And also, this is just kind of a general observation. Like, if you can buy your tickets to escape rooms a little bit earlier, it's really helpful to the companies. They can predict what their staffing needs are going to be. If you can buy tickets to events a little bit earlier, I know some people are always in a little bit of chaos and that's where they like to live. And I respect that. But I have a deep appreciation now for how helpful it is to know in advance what capacities are going to be and what demand is going to look like. Because running a business, especially a ticketed business, pretty hard. So I have a prediction
2: actually for our future recon remotes, but also all recons in general. I predict that we are going to be selling out much earlier than we have in previous cycles, because I don't know about you, David and PG, but I found myself running into a lot of skeptics after the event who really didn't believe that a online convention could be good or worth attending in any regard. And many of them initially said, "Like, look, we wanted to do it to support and see what was going on. But really, that was the extent of it. And they were floored by how much they got out of it and how much they actually enjoyed it. I don't think that we're going to be sitting on tickets going into the final weeks of an event going forward. If you want them, you better get them early. Otherwise, like you're going to miss out.
0: I think you're right. I heard a lot of the same things. And to be honest with you, every single year for four years of recon, I have heard people say, gosh, I didn't think this was going to be good, but wow, it was really good. I don't know how long we are going to remain underdogs in this <laughs> until people put a little bit of faith in us as an organization, but we don't have any real misses here.
1: You got a lot of new attendees this year also. So people that are not already subscribed to the Everything Ria, you know, you had people that maybe were new to Ria or new to what we do. And so I think since this event was a success, you'll be having more people in person. And, you know, honestly, I was actually one of those people who were like, man, it's it's virtual this year. Like, I like the live recon so much. I don't want to go back to online. And then I went to the online version and I was like, this is great. There is something that, you know, the, the energy and excitement was still there, but I got to be comfortable. I, you know, could wear like sweatpants and be in the comfort of my own home. And there is something to be said about that while you still get to engage with the community and engage with people that otherwise could not have come to an in person event as well. And I heard that from a lot of people too, that they were extremely grateful for giving people who can't travel the opportunity to participate also.
0: I mean, we feel very strongly about making Recon accessible in that way. The way we produce in person, it can't be a cheap ticket. The way that you get the level of quality that we're striving for, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of people. We are doing our very best to compensate as many people involved in this as we can, as well as we possibly can. And that is a very hard thing to do. And that means that it just costs more, and you have to travel, and you have to put yourself up in a hotel. I like the idea of having a year where recon is really inexpensive. You know, It costs you $40, 50 if you're a fan. It costs you around $100 if you're a pro. And that is without having to travel, without having to put yourself up in a hotel, without buying the expensive recon ticket. So this is the way that we're trying to normalize this for us and for the audience. And that is giving us the space to go and put on the event that we're putting on in Los Angeles.
1: I was going to say, speaking of live events, though, start saving your pennies because next year's event, which was announced at Recon, is going to be in L.A. And it is my hometown. There is a ton of stuff to do here, and it is going to be incredible. I cannot wait.
0: Party at PG's Place.
1: Exactly. I'll curate a whole list of all the cool stuff to do in LA. So tickets are available now. You can go to realityescapecon.com to get the tickets. I think there might be some early bird pricing tickets available, but I hear they're selling out pretty fast. So you guys should head over there right now and get your tickets.
0: So... We had a game, Shop of Theseus. Mark Larson made it. I've been getting a lot of messages of love from it. I know Mark has had a blast running it for people. We built this around a pretty like heady subject of kind of exploring the deep end of Greek mythology, or at least, at least wading a little bit out of the shallow waters, which was an interesting experience. We definitely learned a lot about designing a game around this. One of the things that I didn't realize is that not everyone knows who Theseus and Sisyphus are, which were key points to this game. So that was a thing that we definitely iterated on the way that the game plays to support that. It was really fun just making an unusual game with an unusual structure that is poking at and exploring the oddness of the escape room lobby. That is the kind of thing that you can only do. If you are making a game for a very specific audience of people who are fans or creators in this space, like you could not give this game to just anyone and have it make any sense.
1: In case you missed this game or you didn't get a chance to play it before this game goes into retirement, we are going to run it one more time on Repod and you will get to play along. We are going to have some special guests come on to do a playthrough of this game live.
0: The Recon team has been incredible. We've really been professionalizing in the last two years. And so I just wanted to say a quick round of shoutouts to everybody who isn't on here and who already kind of called out significantly. I mean, everybody knows Lisa is holding down a lot when it comes to producing this event. She is at the middle of Everything. Cindy Sawitz, if you have ever emailed with Recon or you're a speaker or a sponsor, you've been messaging with her. She holds down our inbox. She wrangles contracts. She answers the same question a thousand times. She is just amazing. And I don't know what we would do without her. Teresa Wagner managed the entire game production and she also did all of the graphic work for the game. She also did a lot of other random graphic work for the team throughout, but like the vector art that she did for the shop of Theseus swag is phenomenal. And she's so fast at it. I've talked endlessly about Lee a and all of the wonderful things that we've been able to achieve as program coordinators together. She also is a volunteer coordinator for virtual and it's a big job and she does it with this calm grace and love it's a pleasure to watch her work and do all of the magic plus she's in sydney australia and so she just doesn't sleep during recon i do not know how she functions richard burns stepped up and really helped us figure out how to make birds of a feather so much better and we greatly improved the model for facilitated discussions because of what he was bringing. And we've got more ideas and more iteration on that to come next year. But he really helped zero in on what was wrong in the past. And we're working to make this stuff better. Heather Burns has been doing our social media marketing and all of our marketing coordination. And it's a tall order because, as we alluded to earlier, It's not our strong suit. And she has been pulling us out of the dark ages. And I feel like over the next year, we're going to continue to make some really positive strides in that realm. And then Kate Wastel. Kate is going to be the event manager for Recon 2024. She is taking a lot of pressure off of Lisa and so many other people on the team as she guides this event into what it needs to become. And she has brought a lot of skills, a lot of organization and a lot of spreadsheeting that has leveled up our operations in some profound ways. She is making so much of that magic happen. This was a very big group effort. If you liked what you were seeing at Recon, keep supporting it by keep coming back. It only exists because the audience is there. That's that's what this whole team is there serving.
1: I also want to give a shout out to any of the volunteers from LA, including me, who reconned through not only a hurricane, but also an earthquake, which happened while I was facilitating a discussion group. So I want to thank everyone in LA for staying through all of these crazy natural disasters we're going through.
0: Maybe oh, I saw it, it happened live. Tara was running the demo stage when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my oddly favorite
2: moments. May not be the right way to put it, but it was a amusing <laughs>
0: moment um, after the fact. It was, and for what it's worth we do a lot of disaster planning for a lot of different things whenever we're running any event, recon, a tour, anything. We have plans on top of plans. We have A, B, C, and D options for all manner of different things that can go wrong. So when we knew a storm was coming, Friday night before the event started, we sat down, we looked at all of the data, we looked at where all the personnel was and all the things that might need support or might fail and we had backup plans for absolutely every single one of them
1: yeah david was tracking this better than i was because i did not even know a storm was coming until i got an alert <laughs> from my internet company saying you might lose service and that's when i had to like message you me like um i might lose service while i'm hosting the q a's and david was like we've already been tracked us it's fine We've we've got contingency plans
0: <laughs> yep We've been through hurricanes on our tours. We've been through pandemics on our tours. We are well-versed in dealing with the nonsense of life.
1: Well, I am so excited for the next one. I cannot wait. Is it going to be in August again?
0: Yes, the dates are August 18th and 19th, 2024 in Burbank, California, a stone's throw away from Universal Studios.
1: It's literally walking distance. You can walk out of the hotel and onto the city walk, right?
0: You should walk. It's a very nice walk. Bring your sunscreen.
1: Is this Saturday, Sunday again, or are you going Sunday, Monday?
0: This is a Sunday, Monday.
1: Oh, thank you. A lot of owners are thanking you from their hearts right now. <laughs>
0: we are trying. There's a lot of different things that we're balancing on date selection. So what was everyone's favorite moment at Recon 23?
1: Well, I already mentioned it, which was everybody saying that they couldn't sculpt Michelangelo's David, but they could probably sculpt David Spira. You know, my answer is the same every year. My favorite part of Recon is always the bars. It's always the after parties. It's always staying up until it's way too late, drinking, talking shop with all other escape room enthusiasts with escape room owners and just really diving into these discussions and these are great i know so many people who were absolutely starstruck that they were in the same chat rooms as presenters as speakers as creators of like really famous escape rooms and everyone's just here mingling and to me this is just the best part of recon
0: i love that too brendan do you have a favorite My
2: favorite actually came at the very beginning of Pro Day, right after we opened the gates essentially and allowed people starting to check in. We did a navigating recon orientation session, which we've done in the past. But this year we were able to use Discord Stages, which has essentially an unlimited headcount
0: cap to it instead of just a couple of dozen folks. It's basically like Discord took all of the best features of clubhouse and integrated it into their product. And then probably made it a little bit better by adding video.
2: Exactly. So we had Andrew Reynolds on stage and we were getting ready to go live. And then all of the sudden, it went from 10 people in there to 20 to 50. And we got up to in the mid 80s. And just watching Andrew's face as he was watching the people stream in. He's a pro. He's great. He's a teacher. He was able to take it in stride. But it was just a wow moment that also just started everything with a whole different type of energy.
1: David, what about you?
0: I'm going to save mine for the end of the episode.
1: So while well, we bring this episode in for a close, I just also really want to say thank you to David and Lisa for organizing this event, putting this together, and creating probably one of the highlights of the year for me and for so many people. I really loved hearing that there were new people coming to this event. And I think that that your role here is not only about sharing knowledge about the escape room industry, but it's also about creating a community. And I really couldn't think of better people to lead this community than you guys. And mostly because of the culture that you've created of promoting kindness and respect and generally trying to uplift each other. I think that's one of the things that draws a lot of us to escape rooms in general is we like cooperative (laughs) gaming. You know, it's not about being competitive And you guys really put that into action and you really promote it in the community. And I just want to encourage anybody who's a fan of Escape Rooms, if you are an owner or a creator and designer and you haven't come to a recon, I really want to encourage everybody to come to the next one that is live in person. Become a patron join the Discord, and just get to know the community. It's really fun here, and it is one of the highlights of my life. It's one of the first things I check in the morning is to see what people are talking about. So thank you so much for creating this.
0: I always do this to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is is David, is is somebody cutting onions in David's room?
0: (laughs) I think so.
2: I think that's what's happening here.
1: I'm like, I didn't get an opportunity to make David Spira cry this year. <laughs> and if you guys weren't there in live recon in Boston, my one goal was to make David cry on stage. I ran around making everybody write like touching notes that I gave to David and Lisa later. And literally, this is what I told everybody was, my goal is to make David cry on stage. So the more touching you can write your note, the better.
0: <laughs> I'm a softie. <laughs> let's just call this an episode thank you
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys so much for joining us in this episode
0: my favorite moment was during the finance talk in the chat watching teresa piazza who historically has been too busy during recon to participate in anything and has this very like stoic very project manager-y approach to everything she just like was gushing over spreadsheets and over this talk and she was showing this soft side of her that like some of us on the team know is there but a lot of people don't get to see but it was coming out over spreadsheets and good fiscal management and it was so funny it was like she was doing a bit but it was also very real and coming from her heart and i thought that that was one of the most endearing moments and it's something that like if you don't know teresa and you don't know how rare it is for her to be able to sit in on a talk and then also participate in chat it was a special and very funny moment